0: And we are live. Welcome to a new episode of the African Developers Podcast. I am Kesir, your host. And my guest today is Andrew Smith. Andrew is a senior developer, he's Jamaican, but he's currently living in Ghana. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, tell us a bit more about
1: yourself. Um, so, yeah, I think you kind of mentioned a bit. Um, I'm Jamaican. I was born in Jamaica, uh, lived there until I was 16, moved to the UK, uh, lived in the UK for uh, 16 years, then now I've moved to Ghana. Uh, while I was in the UK, I started a family. So,
0: me and my wife, we have four kids, and we all just we all decided to move to ghana what What do you do? so I mentioned that you're a senior developer? I actually don't know that. I just assumed <laughs> what, what what do you do exactly
1: yeah, so I've been doing um web development um for more than ten years now. I started when I moved to the u k back in about two thousand and four I think yeah it was around two thousand and four I started I started working for a small agency in the area where I lived. I lived in an area called Tottenham. Everyone knows Tottenham because of the football team, but yeah um So yeah, I worked for that um, agency for a while. During the time I was actually studying, so I was studying and working for them. And over the years after I finished my studies, I progressed into um, bigger companies and worked my way up. What did you study by the way? I studied uh, multimedia. Ha, interesting.
0: So you didn't study computer science? No, not at all. I don't have a computer science degree. Actually, I don't even have a degree. Amazing. Amazing. So this is something I did not know about you. Like, we've known each other for, like, at least three years now. Yeah. I had no idea that, you. That first of all, you didn't study computer science, and that you don't even have a degree. And you're, like, one of the most respected software developers around. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I never had... I think I had one more year to get a degree. And um, I don't know, me and education just have never been good. So um, I just, I just stopped at that point. <laughs> I see. So how did you get into programming? Um, so as I said, when I moved to the UK, I, I was doing graphic design before. So yeah, this is something else that you probably didn't know. I was doing graphic design before. And while I was doing graphic design, just on my own, I started to pick up on a few web stuff. So I was, There was this site called hotscripts.com. It's a very old site where you could go in there, you download like uh, already written scripts. So back then, back then we we're creating websites that needed a guestbook. So you go in there, you copy a guestbook script, paste it in your website. And it got me a bit curious. So I started to learn um, ASP.net. Uh, no, it was classic at that time. It wasn't .net, ASP classic back then. And I was trying to send an email from a website and it became a bit confusing for me. And then I saw a PHP script to do it, which is just one function in PHP. And I was like, hey, this looks cool. Let me try that instead.
0: Wow. And then you got hooked. Yeah, that was it. Uh, I I, I got hooked into this whole thing. I actually have a similar story. I also started, so my first uh, interaction with the computer or my first few months with the computer, I was mostly doing graphic design. So a friend of mine introduced me to this photo editing software and that was mostly what I was doing. So back then I didn't, I wasn't even thinking of programming. It was mostly graphic design, video editing, so stitching videos together and stuff like that. Cool. So you you mentioned that you started working as you were still in school. Yeah. How did that happen? How did you get your first job? Um, so that
1: was true uh how did I find that job actually? I think I was just walking around in the local area trying to find out um if there was any companies doing that sort of stuff and I ended up finding one and I went and I spoke to the guys. There were two guys who were running the company and they got me in to start doing actually design. I was doing design first yet yeah, again. So they got me to start doing design and then I told them that, you know, I can actually write um, code as well. I can build websites. So then they, 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 they
0: gave me a chance to try and build one website. And I started doing websites with them from there on in. Nice. So I seem to remember that you were involved in some PHP framework. Yeah. So um, I was one of the, well, still kind of am. I, I don't actively contribute anymore,
1: but it's to um, Slim PHP framework. Um, so how I got involved in that was I started to use Slim um, about a year or two after it came out, and I realized that there wasn't a lot of documentation around the framework, and there was a lot of questions being asked on GitHub. And I reached out to the the, the, the creator of the framework and I asked him that if it would be fine, if, if I could um join the, the, the group and help with the tickets on GitHub, because it was, it was becoming a bit overwhelming for him. And he said, yeah, fine. So I started to contribute to the documentation, started writing my own blog post uh, about Slim, and when um, PHP started moving into the era of um, Composer and Packages, I actually I, I was the one who um, moved Slim over to start working with Composer. I think we were one of the first um, PHP frameworks to, to get involved in, in that
0: move, after, I think after Symfony. Yeah. So what's, what's the philosophy behind the Slim framework and how is it different from, let's say, Laravel, from example, for example? I, I think Slim is more, as the name states, it's quite slim, so you don't get a
1: lot with it. It's more of a, for most of the Slim developers, we, we kind of say it's more of a router and you, you can add a view to it. So it's basically build your own framework. So you could you could potentially build Laravel in Slim, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. yeah, I see what you mean. It's a bit like uh, Express in the yeah. Node.js world where you sort of have to bring everything yourself. Yeah. So you decided to move to Ghana in what year? Uh, this was 2016, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what motivated that move? Why Ghana specifically? Um,
1: uh, there, there, there's mixed um, answers to this. So I'll try and, and um, make it as clear. Um, so we were going to a church in the UK and the pastor of the church was Ghanaian. And she had told us about Ghana. So um, I think back in 2010, I came over for a visit. I saw the place. I liked it. You know, the environment, it reminded me a lot of Jamaica. It reminded me of when I was growing up in Jamaica um, in the 90s. And I just thought, yeah, this, this place, I, I could live here. And we, we kind of move um, on the basis that we're coming over to, to help with the church and all that. And then um, things kind of didn't work out that way, but we, we ended up staying, because we said, you know, we're here already, so let's just try and um, get things working. And prior to, to, to me moving, I, I started looking for a tech community in Ghana. And that's how I found Dev Congress. So I'll, I'll answer that when you
0: ask that question. I'll get more- <laughs> <laughs> cool. But so how, how was the transition like? Because I assume you had a job in the UK and then moving to Ghana. How did that affect your professional life? Yeah. So um, prior to moving to Ghana, the job that I had was already remote. So I was working from
1: home in the UK. So I only need, needed to visit the office once a month. And before moving to Ghana, I, I spoke with the, 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 the team and I said to them, you know, I'm, I'm moving away from the UK. Um, would it be fine? Would I still be able to work? Um, they said, yeah, it was fine. So
0: when I moved to Ghana, I was actually still working remotely for the same team. Cool. Uh, so let's talk about Dev Congress. How did you find out about Dev Congress and what motivated you to get involved? Because well, a lot of people find out about it and attend meetings, but you decided to actually get involved and, and become one of the organizers. So I want to know the story behind that.
1: Okay, so um, the, the Dev Congress story, let me see. It, it began before my move to Ghana, so probably in 2015 um, or early 2016. I I started looking for communities in Ghana um, tech tech based communities, and i didn't find any until I came across this one um, was it a youtube I think it was a YouTube video, and it was dev Congress they had their their, their like first um, tech conference, and I watched the videos and I really enjoyed what I saw so I started to search to see if there was anything else that they were still doing and somehow came in contact with Yao, who was the actual founder of dev Congress and me and him realized that we had a mutual interest, which was Ember.js. So we, we both were doing Ember.js at that time. And I started talking to Yao and I said to him, look, I'm gonna move out to Ghana. You know, I wanna get involved in the community. They invited me to the Slack group. I started to take, take part in the Slack group, try to answer questions if anyone had questions, try to um, be as helpful as possible. And I said to Yao that when I come to Ghana, what I want to do is start having meetups because they weren't doing anything at the time. I think Dev Congress started somewhere around 2013, 2014. And there wasn't anything happening after that first event that they had. So I said, I want, I want to start doing meetups. And he was like, Yeah, that's, that's fine.
0: So when I came down, I arrived in Ghana in August and September, we had our first meetup. And so I, I'm assuming what, what motivated you to get involved is that, I mean, it's something similar to what motivated you to get involved in Slim. You, you saw a need for something like with, with Slim, it was documentation at first. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it's similar. And, and I, I want to say, um, my friend uh, Jenny, um, who who is um, she works on WordPress. She, she, I went to a PHP conference in the UK um, in 2014, I think, and I started speaking with her. And she said, you know, maybe in where you live right now, because I had lived, I wasn't living in London, I was living outside of London. And she was saying maybe where you live, there's not a local PHP meetup, but you can start one. You know, and she was encouraging me to start the meetup. So when when they moved, when we decided to move to Ghana, I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to actually start a meetup and be engaged with people because it's something that I always wanted to do. So um, yeah, that, that's how I kind of kicked off. It was kind of like, there, there was nothing in the space, in that space in Ghana during that time. And when I came, I was like, let's let's just get it done. And the, the thing that I wanted to do was make sure that we kept on doing it consistently enough so that we can build a community around it and get people actually involved and making it become a better ecosystem so that others can start similar meetups because it, it, it did in the end, bring up a lot of other meetups and I'm, I'm quite happy for that i think that was one of my goals, and i think i've hit that nice so how would you say dev congress has evolved over the years i think the events have gotten better we, we we've we've seen people grow as well um from from speakers to just uh normal attendees we've seen them grow from being novice to, to becoming someone who has a bit more knowledge i've seen knowledge being shared amongst people i've seen people are more um more ready to, to share i mean prior to this i did speak to uh, a few Ghanaian developers and they said the problem they had with any sort of community that they were involved in before dev congress was that it became quite hostile after a while you know they, they said you know you'd ask a question and someone would reply you in a hostile kind of way and that was one of the things i wanted to keep out of dev congress so i always say to people that um, i'm i'm the benevolent dictator of Dev Congress, because I try to keep the whole the hostility side away from anyone, because if someone has a problem, I always try to reach out to them to say, hey, you know, let, let's try and resolve it. Was the person being too harsh, too aggressive?
0: Let, let me go and talk to them. Let, let's hear their side and let's try and resolve. So, yeah. Nice. And I think initially, Dev Congress was mostly a Slack workspace, but recently you've launched a forum, uh, you've launched a, a job board, so the, the job board, I can't say much about because that's, that's, um, that's
1: Yao and Clau- Claude who, who are the, the brains behind those two things. Um, the forum was me trying to keep a lot of the information that we post in Dev Congress alive cause, w- because we're using Slack and we're using the free Slack. After um, I think 10,000 messages, it, the messages start getting deleted. And I thought there's a lot of useful information that passed through Dev Congress, but it's not retained. So I thought if we could try and transition over to the forum, then that will be retained because the forum will will last as long as the data is available, right? And it's it's we're we're hosting it ourselves, so we we have more control. So that that's the the aim behind the forum. So far, we've had a few people join the forum, but it's not as active as I'd like it to be. But I'm not trying to force people into joining the forum. I'm trying to
0: get people to transition across as as and when they're ready to. Yeah, that makes sense. And what's the strategy for that? Because I saw so I, I joined the forum and I noticed something that I really like, the badges. Uh, so if you answer a question or like you get different badges depending on what you do. That I think that's a default from from this course, the the, the platform we're using. I, I
1: actually didn't set any of that up. I am I'm, I'm actually a novice to this course. So I I got um Rexford um to help me out setting that up. And he's been doing quite a good job setting up a, a lot of the things in the forum for us. So Um, so one of the things people keep on asking me about is, when are we going to have a conference? When are we going to have a conference? And it's one of the things I want to get done, but it's the resources that we're currently lacking. One of the things I must say with the question you asked earlier about, um, how, how have I seen the platform, uh, matured? I think so. I've seen people on the platform, um, actually shift roles as they've been on the platform. I've seen them grow. So someone like Booboo, for instance, I mean, Boo Boo was just uh, a contributor before who, who just, you know, replied to questions and stuff. And then he said, you know, he wants to become an admin. And soon after he said he wants to help with with organizing events. The, the actual last event that we had, I had the most minimal input into that as much as I could. Bubu kinda led the way for that whole event to happen. And I was so happy with the output and the work that he put in. So um, for the the conference, I'm hoping we get more people in that position where Bubu is now to so that in a year or two, we can actually have a full-blown conference and, you know, try and get uh, as much um, local speakers. Um, I'm very big on, on local rather than international speakers. Yeah. Because I, I think you're, you're, you're a reflection of what you see, right? If I see an international speaker, fine and well, but he doesn't live in my environment. He doesn't understand uh, my, my, um, my current situations, right? For instance, in Ghana, we know that we have light off at times. Someone from
0: overseas doesn't understand the whole idea that, hey, at some point in time, you can be working and then you just don't have light. So, by the way, uh, Bubu is the, the CEO and founder of AF Radio, which I think we've yep. mentioned on the show before. Yeah. W- what would you say is the difference between a conference and all the meetups that we've been having? Because some of the meetups have been quite huge in terms of number of attendees.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to wear that out because I, 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 kind of, I kind of felt like the meetup we had last year in, was it July? at the Marriott, I kind of felt like that. That, that felt like a conference, right? It, it was so, so big. We had so, such a big turnout, so many quality talks that it felt like a conference. Even the whole recording of it just felt like a conference. So I think the differentiator would be, we'd have um, more people speaking, um, workshops as well. So we'd have breakout sessions where we have workshops. Yeah, I, th- I think that,
0: that would be the big differentiator between the meetups and the actual conference. So you mentioned that you are still working remotely for the same company you were working for while you were in the UK? No, no, no. I'm no longer working for them. I I work for a a company in the U.S. now. So, what sort of uh, projects are you working on?
1: So, we're working on some products to do with um, the medical industry. We're we're building platforms for um, for the
0: medical industry. Yeah, interesting. And what technologies are you using? So, I'm pretty sure there's some PHP involved, but is there anything else? Any cool? There's actually no PHP involved. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> yeah, we're using
1: um, Vue.js, um, serverless, Firebase. Yeah, yeah, those are the main things we're using. So, yeah, there's no PHP at all. Wow. I, I have kind of transitioned away from PHP um, for a while now. It's probably going more than more than two years. I haven't really into the domain of PHP fully.
0: I see. So you're doing a lot more Node.js stuff and front-end stuff? Yeah. Cool. How was the transition from Ember to Vue.js? It wasn't too bad. And, and
1: this, this mainly probably because um, Vue.js, when it first came out, was originally based on a framework I was using, or library, if you want to call it that, that I was using before, which called Reactive. Reactive came out just about the same time as React. And it, it, for me, it was a choice between using React and using Reactive. And Reactive just felt like it, it sits more, more uh, nicely with, with what I understood already. So the transition from Ember to Vue wasn't that bad, and yeah, yeah, I I think Vue Vue kind of gives you a lot of what Ember has, but in a different way. Because mm-hmm. Ember is very opinionated, whereas Vue Vue isn't so opinionated. You know, it it kind of has opinionated ways, but there's ways around not using all of its opinionated ways.
0: So yeah, I see. And the, so in the projects that you're working on right now, did you suggest Vue.js, or did they just say we wanted? to use Vue.js and then you, you had to use it. Yeah, my, my, my boss, my boss was, was big on Vue. <laughs> I see. Funny, enough, funny enough, he's also from an Ember.js background. <laughs> em- Ember brings people together. That's my message, Ember.js brings people together. Nice. Do you have any experience with React and how would you compare it to Vue, for example? I have very basic experience with React. It would be bad for
1: me to make comparisons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. So I've also used, so I started with Vue.js um, and one of the reasons why I sort of chose Vue, I don't know, it, it sort of just made sense for someone who had used Angular 1. I mean, yeah. the idea of, yeah, you, you update one field and it's updating the values everywhere. Like, that's how Angular got us hooked. And yeah. VGS sort of maintained that. And I think it made it easy to bring people in. Like, it wasn't so difficult to get started with. Yeah. And with Vue.js, for example, back, at least back in the days, you could import just one JS file and you could use Vue in, the, in, in that HTML page. But then I tried, I tried React at the same time and I had to import three different files. <laughs> and, and the whole thing was just, it was just so, com- I think it's better these days, but then back in the days, it was just so complex and it sort of put me off to React altogether. So I've pretty much been with Vue since then. And these days I'm trying to get back into, into React. Oh, uh, nice. I, I
1: must say we're also using um, TypeScript. So we're using Vue with TypeScript in, in, in all of these projects we, we we're, we've heavily invested into TypeScript in everything that we're doing. So, yeah. Nice. And it, what's the main reason? It was more for the, the type check and um, correctness. Uh, that, that, yep. that, that was one of the main reasons why we, we went with TypeScript. And so far, it, it has
0: pr- proven its worth throughout all of the projects that we've been working on. Yeah, so that's one thing I've noticed. Like when Once you, you have more than two people on your team, or if your project grows beyond a certain size, not having types can be, quickly become a liability. Yeah, definitely. And
1: it, it, in my team, we're a team of six. So it, it, has, it, it has shown its worth since we've been using it. And, and not everyone from the team had experience in TypeScript, but the time it took, took all of us to pick it up, it, it wasn't that bad, you know? And, and once we got, we got into it, it's kind of like, it's a bit difficult to, to not work, to work on a project without it. So
0: we kind of just convert everything to TypeScript now. <laughs> nice. So you've been a big evangelist for Svelte recently. That's a new UI framework. What's, 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 what is Svelte, and what's different about it, or what's better about it?
1: Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been big on Svelte from its f- very first version, which wasn't well publicized, because Svelte is the successor to Reactive, right? So when, when I moved on from Reactive, I moved straight into Svelte, and... The reason why I liked Svelte so much was the the simplicity. If you think about um something like Ember, Ember had Handlebars, and Spelt templating is similar to Handlebars, right? So built on top of that, and then you were getting back a file size that was so small, and using it was so easy, right? So that that was my biggest um buying in point was that I get a small bundle at the end, it works quite well, and coming from a uh, handlebar templating kind of syntax, it just made sense. And uh, how does it compare with something like Vue.js? I think they're quite similar in a lot of ways. In a lot, a lot of ways, I think they're very similar. Uh, I think they, 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 they more or less cater for the same crowd. I think Vue, Vue's main advantage right now is that it's been around longer. It has a quite a good ecosystem. You know, for, for Vue, Vue has become like the, for me personally, it's become like the jQuery of the web like if you need to do something if you right now just type that into google and you'll find a plugin right if you if you if you do that for Svelte you probably won't find a plugin you probably have to write it yourself so Svelte in a way kind of feels like Slim where it's like write your own everything or or put 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 what you need together and build that thing Svelte comes with a lot out of the box though i must say so it comes with animations transitions you know it has its own store um yeah, it, com- it comes with a, a lot of nice nice things out of the box. And I, I don't think most of the time you won't need beyond what comes out of the box.
0: Cool. So let me ask you, as, as someone who's worked remotely for probably more than five years now, what, what are some of your tricks to remain productive? So, so I have worked, okay, these days I actually work remotely most of the time. I, I work from home. And there are days when I'm just not productive and I have to go to the office. So I'll wake up, I'll be like, okay, today I'm working from home. And then by noon, I realize, that, okay, I haven't done much. And then i go to the office (laughs) so what are your tricks what are some of the tricks that you you use to to remain productive while working from home
1: i don't think i have tricks as such i think i'm i'm probably as bad as you or worse i mean some some days some days i feel very productive some days i don't in those days um my, my, my team's quite because we're quite spaced out around the world we we all work various hours so at times, if I, if I don't feel productive in the morning, I'll just start working later on in the day and work the later on in the evening. So that, that's that's how I get around
0: that. I see. Having a distributed team across the US, Ghana, and probably other places, how do you organize communication? Um, so we use Discord for most of our
1: communication. Um, we have a, a stand-up meeting every day, or sit down, <laughs> since none of us are standing <laughs> up. Um, so we, we have like a period in time where everyone needs to be online for, for where we have an overlap. So. That's the time we have our our meeting to find out what what was done for the day or what's going to be worked on in the day. And then, you know, is there any blockers?
0: Is there anything? So we use Trello for all of our um, project management stuff. All right. So as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you are married and you have four children. So I'm wondering how, how's your work-life balance? And I'm asking because personally, I recently I've sort of brought someone into my life and it was so hard for me to maintain my productivity because usually, so I have my nine to five job and then I have like two or three side projects that I'm, that I'm working on at any point in time, right? So on the evenings or on weekends, I'm usually busy. Yeah, I brought this person into my life and then I realized that I couldn't keep both of them up. I couldn't like <laughs> give them my, fu- my full attention and then also keep my, my side projects. If I, if I wanted to work on my side projects, I had to ignore them. If I, had, if I wanted to pay attention to them, I had to ignore my side projects. So I'm wondering like, how do you do it? You don't just have a significant other. You also have children. What's, uh, what's your secret? I don't have a secret. I'm bad at, I'm bad at work, work-life balance <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'll just
1: put that out there. Uh, seriously, I'm really bad at it. I, I try at times to overcome it, but it's, it's difficult. I mean, d- during the, the weekdays, it's, it's a bit more better because the, the, the kids are at school. So, you know, you have from the morning till about three before they get home. But then in the evenings when they get home, I'm still I'm still normally working, so I'll probably see them when we're having dinner and then I'm back working again. So yeah, I, I don't have any tips or any um good advice surrounding how to um manage work life balance. <laughs> I, I try on the weekend, I try on the weekend where possible to go go away from the computer to try and do
0: go go out with them, but it doesn't always happen as planned. This is something that I would I would love to have Adam Kumoji back on the podcast to discuss. Like, how he's how is he handling married life and children and all of that? Yeah, it'd be good to hear from him. Yeah, definitely. It's something I'm going to start asking every developer I meet, like every developer who has children, like, how do you handle work-life balance? Yeah. I've always wondered, what's the story behind your, your Twitter handle? You know like ever since i <laughs> met you in my mind you are silent works <laughs> and i and i keep forgetting your real name so on on my podcast with uh what's his name kirk oh, with kirk, kirk yeah. exactly <laughs> we were struggling to remember your name cuz i keep calling you silent works what's the story behind that um so that that username came from
1: um a bible verse actually um not not the silent works itself but i was i was reading the bible at one point and it was in Job, where his friends were, um, you know, mocking him that, you know, he's lost everything. And he, he turned around and said to one of his friends that, you know, if only you'd be altogether silent for you, that would be wisdom. And I was like, hmm, wisdom works. Oh, yeah. So silent, silent equal wisdom. Silent works. And that's how the name came about.
0: Nice. I, I finally know the story. But I think, I think now I, I, your, your real name will stick in my mind. I'm going to remember. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Because it, every day I meet people in Ghana and they're like, silent works. I'm like, that's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been, you're quite consistent with the brand. So you've, you have, I think you have, you have SilentWorks pretty much everywhere. Is, is your website SilentWorks? Um, it, it, I have the domain, but I don't use it anymore. It was, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to transition away from it so that people can stop calling me SilentWorks. So I was uh, I was at a, an event at Microsoft, the Microsoft office in Estonia. And Scott, Scott Hanselman was giving a talk about uh, being a social developer. And that was one of the things that he mentioned in his talk. like. You need to have an online presence so you can blog to have Twitter. Like you don't have to do all of them. You should do the ones you feel comfortable with, but then it's very important to remain consistent across all those platforms so that people, right? Your, your brand is consistent. When people see it somewhere, they know, like if they see the name on, on Instagram or on LinkedIn, they know it's the same person. Yeah. I'm, 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 try- I'm, I'm trying to learn a bit more about, um,
1: marketing, um, for next year to try and, as you said, to try and build, build,
0: build more of a brand around, around my name. Now, I think you've already gone have already done quite well. Because yeah, everybody knows you are silentworks. So <laughs> you have a brand already. <laughs> so, what sort of apps do you use on your phone? What are your favorite apps? Um, so my favorite apps. This is bad
1: because I didn't want this to be one of my favorite apps, right? It's Twitter. <laughs> that is one of my favorite apps. I, I deleted it before and then I installed it again. Oh my gosh, I need to get rid of it somehow but I just can't. So I have Twitter, I have Todoist. I love Todoist. But what do you love about Todoist? Just, just the idea of putting in tasks that I'm gonna get done. And then when I check off the tasks, it says to me, hey, you've done all your tasks today. You know, just that, that bit of encouragement. That's the, that's the main selling point for me for Todoist, because there's many to-do apps. But just, just for it saying that,
0: I'm happy. Do you, use, do you use the Karma system? They have some Karma points?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was paying attention to it until it got overwhelming and I just I I was like,
0: nah, I'm I'm not living up to the expectations anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I have the same issue. Like at at some point I try to follow it so every day I would try to close tasks. I would even input some like meaningless tasks so that just I can close them off. <laughs> <laughs> so my karma points, yeah, my karma points can, can go up. I actually nice. do things and then add them inside the rest task after I've done them and then pick it off. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I mean, yeah. Other, other apps I like as well. Um, Bear, I use Bear for writing notes. On, on macOS, right?
0: Oh, on, I think it's on iOS, on iOS as well. Yeah, okay. yeah, I have it across all, all my platforms. So nice. I, I use it nice. as well. I, I used to and, use Evernote a lot back in the days, but then I don't know. I, th- I felt the quality decreased over time. The app got clunkier. So recently I migrated all my notes from Evernote to Notion. Okay. And Notion has been great so far. They have a lot of features which I'm not using, but for note-taking, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so you've, so got, those you've are, got... Those are my main apps. I see.
1: Any Ghanaian apps? Um, yes. I use um, SlidePay and ExpressPay a lot. Interesting. Why both? Why both? Um, so the reason why both is X- SlidePay allows me to pay um, money into from card straight to Momo. Mm-hmm. Because cause,
0: cause I, I use an international card, so slightly allows see. you to do that, whereas yeah. ExpressPay doesn't allow you to do that. So Exactly. I had the same issue when I, was in, when I was in Ghana during the summer. There are lots of things I couldn't do with my international card on ExpressPay. So that, that's why I use both. I, I like, and both
1: of them have been improving their interface, interface over the years, so they've improved quite a
0: lot. So I think we are reaching the end of the interview. Is there anything you want to throw out there? Any cool stuff you're working on? Any message or any question for me?
1: Cool stuff I'm working on? No, I don't have anything. Actually, yes, there there is a project that 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 I um I'm trying to get going. I, I created a quick mock-up um before, but it's I'm trying to map out the the network in Ghana, the, the treachero bus network. So I'm trying to create these. These these posters of the routes that Trutro will take from mm-hmm. one place to another place. So if, if if you know how the London Underground, or I'm yep. I'm pretty sure it's probably the same in Estonia, where you have yeah. the train, where it has like a map where it's just it doesn't it, the map itself doesn't have any sort of um any sort of path to do with the road. It was, it's more of the stops. It tells you the stops where the stops are. So that's the idea. I'm trying to create a, a project based around that. Um, and what motivated that project? Um, so when I first moved to Ghana, getting around was a bit difficult because the, 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 if, if you know anything about the trochos and the, the, the mates on the trotro, so for, for those who, who aren't from Ghana, trotro are just um, buses that, that that run around, local buses that bring you around. and the mate on the trotro when they speak, I'm not sure if you understand everything that they say, but one guy will be telling you, sex, 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 he's saying circle. He's saying Circle, but you, you have no clue that he's saying Circle, right? So from that I was like. I need to actually create some, some visuals um, this time around. It, it's, not, it's not even anything to do with creating an app. It's actually printed visuals that are tr- I'm going to try and get the, the drivers to put inside of the vehicle, showing the stops from one destination to the other. So that if I'm traveling on Spintex and I'm going to Coca Cola Roundabout, mm-hmm. then I know where to get off. Like, uh, let's say I've never been to the air before and someone say Meet me at Coca Cola Roundabout. I get in the truck, look at the map, and know that, oh, it's there.
0: Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting.
1: Cool. Um,
0: anything else?
1: Um, I guess, uh, if, if you're in Ghana, try and join the Dev congress Slack community, trying to, and trying to jo- join our, um, forum. Uh, the, the address for the forum is forum.devcongress.org, and the Slack is slack.devcongress.org. Also, I want to put out there, um, Rexford, yeah, again, Rexford has a YouTube channel. I think it's called Kofi Photography. He does a mm-hmm. lot of reviews of, of products and services in Ghana. So if you use any sort of um, services in Ghana, like, for instance, your internet service provider, he puts a lot of information
0: about you know how to get the most out of it and stuff like that. So I'd like to promote his work. Nice. And I also wanted to mention that Dev Congress has a few open source projects that you can contribute to if you are into that kind of thing. So we have a Slack bot. Uh and the, the job, job board support. as well is yeah, it's yeah. open source and it's in rails, so if you're interested in rails open source things you should you should take a look yeah most definitely and if even if if, if you don't
1: want to contribute to any of two, if you have a project that you feel like you want someone else to help uh, contribute mm-hmm. towards, please post it in 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 dev Congress slack, and you know I'm sure someone will pick up and and
0: try and help you with it as long as it's open source yeah, <laughs> as long as it's open source yeah <laughs> we're not doing free labor <laughs> for anyone <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice uh so thank you very much for coming on the podcast i've actually learned a lot about you a lot of things i didn't know before <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for having me and thank you for this podcast actually this is one of the only
1: podcasts i actually listen to <laughs> i actually don't, don't listen to podcasts that much <laughs> i am flattered <laughs> and this is one of the only ones i listen to and so far all of the all of the content i've listened from here has been quality i've i've enjoyed myself just listening to to your podcast i like the the way how you you play you put your questions out You know, they're very interesting. So, yeah. Thank you for the support. Thank you for this. (laughs) All right. Great having you. Uh, See you soon. Okay. All right. Bye.
0: This was another episode of the African Developers Podcast. If you enjoyed it and would like to hear more, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. We are available on Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and every other podcasting app out there. For any feedback or comment, you can reach us on Twitter at AfroDevPodcast.